0: I had my rosary <laughs> and I like rubbed it. And I like was I didn't know people were watching me because I was like having <laughs> my Church of the Holy Sepulchre moment. Um, you know, being a pilgrim and <laughs> took my rosary, like mixed it, and then um like,
1: inhaled buried like, like,
0: like <sighs> trying to get those sound effects, and like smelled my rosary and just went, oh, I love being Catholic.
2: Welcome to No Small Thing, a podcast dedicated to helping you live a less cynical and more curious life. I'm Macy, one of the co-hosts of No Small Thing. Normally, at this point, you would be hearing Scott, the other co-host, welcoming you to the show. He is out of town this week, so it's kind of like a Macy takeover at No Small Thing. And for episode number 44, we have an interesting and a cool one. I sat down with two of my really good friends who I met in college, we took a ton of theology classes together. They're kind of like spiritual partners in my life. We'd have had a small group together. Anyways, I sat down with two of my friends who shared with us about their pilgrimage to the Holy Land, um, Israel, Palestine. So these two friends, Kirsten and Adrian, you'll get to know them. Um, and they, on this episode, kind of tell the journey of their pilgrimage to the Holy Land. Uh, leading up to it, what it was like. Um, They share some special moments. It's really an awesome conversation that kind of dips in and out of both the stories of travel as well as um, their perspective on it spiritually and what they learned from this journey going to a very foreign land. The Holy Land is a place that I've always dreamt of going to and visiting and I hope to one day be able to do that. So it was such an honor to sit down with two dear friends who share so um, intimately what their experience was like and um, offer some really interesting insight into what it's like traveling to Israel Palestine in the year 2019. So I really hope that you enjoy that conversation. Um, and then, y'all, because it's no small thing, and we love the Enneagram on No Small Thing, for the last like 25 minutes, Kirsten and Adrian kind of tell all a bit about. Uh, who they are through the Enneagram. Kirsten is a two and Adrian is a nine. And it I think shows through so much in this conversation even before we talked about the Enneagram. Um, but that conversation at the end was super fun and interesting chatting with them about twos and nines which are common mistypes. But I think as they start to explain um, themselves it's a lot more clear the differences between twos and nines but also the ways that they relate and why they might be a common mistype. So that was a really fun conversation in the last 25 minutes of this. So I hope that you enjoy this episode on Kirsten and Adrian's pilgrimage to the Holy Land. Um, we miss you, Scott. I hope that uh, you guys enjoy this when it's just a Macy takeover. This was super special for me to be able to sit down with my, my spiritual sisters who have been with me on this journey. Um, so I hope that you enjoy the conversation. All right, we are here in the house with Adrian and Kirsten. Can you guys introduce yourselves so people know your voices? Yeah, sure. I'm Adrian, And I'm Kirsten. And we are, as we have discussed, going to be just talking about y'all's journey. So you guys all went on a big old journey to the Holy Land. And I guess you guys can share all about it, but I would wonder where it all, you'd say it all began,
1: figuring Ooh. out that <laughs> this journey I was going to happen. I think
0: that begins with Adrian because I wouldn't have gone without her.
1: Yeah, so I think sometime in the summer, maybe, we got um, the invitation that our parish, St. Paul's
0: Episcopal Church in Seattle. Let's go, Mother Sarah, Father (laughs) Rob. (laughs) You heard that right, people, Mother Sarah.
1: (laughs) Yes, so Mother Sarah invited us, and her invitation to us was that she wanted this pilgrimage to Israel-Palestine to be more accessible for young people Hmm. um, because she was like, I totally see that, you know, it's hard to get time off. It's hard to even have the money to go. Yeah, Um, And so she kind of offered like, hey, if you all want to go, let me know and I will fundraise on your behalf. Wow. And so that
0: is so generous and nice. Yeah. And in response, I said, I don't even have enough money (laughs) for your fundraising to help. And she goes, nope, that's not yours to worry about
1: wow yeah so kirsten deemed our little our little
0: <laughs> 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 i i called it the personality scholarship <laughs> oh my goodness! Be- but it actually because was we're such a
1: delight yes uh. oh my goodness but it was she told us she's like you know there's a lot of people on this trip and we just want to keep it fun and flexible wow yes yeah, the personality scholarship again you know, yeah, yeah we want young people to be able to go mm-hmm. wow that is so special how many people went on the trip like thirty ish. Thirty five, I think, actually. Yeah.
0: It was almost a full
1: bus. It's a big trip. And it was Holy so it was, Toledo. Yeah, I would say it was about eighty percent baby boomer. And then Kirsten and I were the youngest at mm-hmm.
2: right. They were like, Hey guys, we just need some like youth <laughs> up in here. Like just pretty someone gets much.
0: Up. Well it's also funny to now I mean, we are young. Yeah. Um, but now being in a workplace and not being called young as much and so to be on this pilgrimage and to be the youngest and to be called the youngins in the youth yeah. was just a funny experience too mm-hmm. yeah. but a delightful experience
1: yeah it was i mean i think it was really like special the group that we went with there most of it was um folks from the seattle and like pacific northwest area in the episcopal diocese of olympia yeah. Yeah. wow um and a lot of it was saint paul's from our parish so it's kind of like When we heard about, like, the generous offer from Mother Sarah, but then also, like, who was going from our parish that we knew of, we were like, oh, this is, like, kind of ideal. It's with a group of people that we, like, trust and know that they will put together a tour that we feel, like, ethically, morally... Good about. ...spiritually good about. Totally.
0: Even it being called a pilgrimage to Mm Palestine-Israel, and it being called the Holy Land, even calling that land the Holy Land is under dispute but naming Palestine and Israel in the title is Hmm, huge hmm, a lot of people will call it pilgrimage to Israel pilgrimage to Jerusalem walk the lands of Jesus yeah and that is important and it is a tradition but the land holds so much tradition Mm -hmm. and so I think that's something that personally drew me was that they were naming Palestine and an indigenous people Hmm, hmm. Um, and especially there are some christians that do not recognize palestine as Mm -hmm. a state yeah um and especially in religious communities and so i think that was really important to me tell me like what was the the overall trip plan i guess
1: so we both went in not looking at the itinerary (laughs) 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 intentionally yes
0: because it's a pilgrimage yes Yes.
1: and the journey is
2: our home okay who's leading it just one person
0: Mother Sarah was our trip leader. Okay, so that is our priest. That's nice. And the that rector. It is her. You're yeah. like, oh, oh yeah. we know, we, trust we love her. trust Mother Sarah. Um, she's also been to Israel, Palestine, multiple times on pilgrimage,
1: and she would say that bringing people on pilgrimage to the Holy Land is part of her vocation hmm. and her calling.
0: Wow. And then Ghassan was with our an epic calling. Oh <laughs> yeah. yeah. Oh yeah. <laughs> um gassan was our tour guide and he was a pal he is a palestinian christian living in jerusalem Mm -hmm. his family has been in jerusalem for ages and ages Mm -hmm. and he was so sweet and invited us to his home (laughs) Because if you walk this way and this way you're at my home and we have tea for you (laughs) oh that's so sweet so that's the kind of tour guide we had yeah
1: and then father rob is another priest from our church and he also had been to the Holy Land previously with the same um, tour company that we went with. And so it was pretty amazing. Like, we just kind of signed up and then... Showed up. Showed up. Mm. Yeah. And then they had all of the itinerary, and it was a little bit flexible. So, like, day by day, depending on the p- climate, socially, politically, etc., mm-hmm. they might have to move some things around. Mm-hmm. Um, so we started
0: in Galilee. And yeah, that do you want
2: to just share the you guys can just share the journey kind yeah. of the the walk through it It was how many days
0: so the overview was it was 10 days mm-hmm. technically <laughs> we started in newark <laughs> new jersey <laughs> yes because our plane got there was some plane issues and that's when you kind of went you know this is a pilgrimage like this the starts journey the already started yeah, <laughs> for sure and so what was fun is that um we're part of a wednesday night community at saint paul's a little shout out to father rob hey um <laughs> And he used to be a seminary resident at s- they call it Smoky Mary's. It's mm. an it's a cath- it's an Anglo Catholic Episcopal Church in Times Square, mm-hmm. and it f- like when you walk in it feels like a c- Catholic parish, like lots of ornate icons Stain and like glass st- stained glass and like gold ceilings oh. lots of like mary shrines super dark because <laughs> <laughs> it's saint mary's yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah um and he always has talked about this especially in our wednesday night community um and when we <laughs> had a six over layover in new jersey he just suggested we should take an uber into the city and visit smoky mary's mm. <laughs> and so us and our friend heidi and our friend howard <laughs> and father rob just took all of our luggage oh you left the airport yes yeah. at oh, 7 a.m on goodness. a like after monday yeah and went in it was also my first time in New York.
2: Yeah, I've never been either. Chirped and you
0: were like, city. here we go. And the first thing I did was went to an episcopal parish from Yeah, for morning
1: It was prayer. literally just a tour of yeah. churches. <laughs> <laughs> we went to like three or four different churches in New York yeah. around <laughs> like in a probably right? Yes, it was the last day of Disney,
2: right? yes, oh, last That's day of kind of 50. special though. Yeah. I mean honestly. It was really like it's a, one, it's a cool way to see New York. <laughs> yeah, and I I don't know, I think <laughs> we highly recommend it. <laughs>
1: <laughs> it was like when are we ever gonna be with our priest who yeah. like loves that place in yeah. new york with him yeah but we did get a bagel it was oh, not good call. it was it was a i mean l- shout out to
0: debbie who was yes. like that didn't count as a new york was it, it not good it was like a
1: it w- was a chain yeah so it wasn't a oh um, yeah. it was just kind of a quick but it was still delicious after a long travel and <laughs> an airport sleep yeah. like Adrian that's also. Hard. It got wasn't a an ideal New York Yeah, it could have been better, but that's okay. That's
0: okay. Adrian also got a knish. I did Ooh. from a street vendor.
1: Um, so Casey and I are doing something for our year 2019. Our New Year's resolution. Hashtag, Hashtag pocket2k19. Pocket 19. 19. Does that mean
2: eat like pocket? Oh, heck yeah.
0: So oh. we're talking Pop Tarts. We're talking oh, ravioli. Yes. We're talking dumplings. <laughs> we're talking, I mean, Adri's boyfriend David doesn't think a sandwich counts. No, a or burrito. A burrito. A burrito, burrito. Daveed, I, I'm letting the no small thing people know a burrito is a pocket. It's definitely a pocket. Comment below. When a, a <laughs> pita <laughs> pocket is for sure a pocket. Oh yeah, exactly. It's in the name. Yeah. Right. And, think and so about every every oh.
2: cultural mm-hmm. food
1: Gyoza. has a pocket. Yeah. Wow. Okay.
2: What does this mean? Does it mean you have to eat one a day, or is it just the no, spirit of just, it? Yeah. It's just, just whenever like, we find a pocket, please join in. we're gonna try to eat a pocket.
1: Yeah. Cool. Okay. Today we had oh. We had a um, Pel What is it called It was like a little mushroom Sausage Egg and cheese Pocket Oh um, At a, a bakery p- Oh my goodness A pel a
0: Pel Go to Fresh Flowers <laughs> and get this, like, savory sausage pocket food. I would like to like make a, hand pie. a good yeah.
1: side
2: note. So, on your pilgrimage, you're also looking for pockets? Oh, yeah. Yeah, we
1: actually specifically stopped at a bakery the last day that we were there. We were wandering the streets of the Jerusalem, like, the little markets Market. and stuff. And we had been passing this, like, fresh bread stand. And it was in front of a bakery. Um, we had been passing it the whole time we were in Jerusalem. And so, even though we were on our way to lunch i think
0: we were like y'all there's a pocket there so <laughs> Pretty in much adri kirstow fashion had to get food on our way to Morphe. also
1: mm-hmm. scorpio like we were fixated on that bread so we had to go for it yeah people
0: were both scorpios, both scorpios so maybe we'll tell this episode
1: pilgrimage and pockets yeah <laughs> well and i'd like to say that our previous new year's resolution was curry 2k18 i remember
2: curry 2k18 and you 18. fed us curry you tonight. totally fed I us know. curry Maisie. i know when i fed when i was i knew i was making you curry and i was like are they still doing curry <laughs> <laughs>
1: I mean, I it lives on the, on the in our cycle. Forever. Yeah. I know. I, I knew you spot. liked Curry. <laughs> yeah. No, totally. And so I would just like to say that we were telling somebody this this morning that our New Year's resolution, we name something and then it just manifests itself in funny ways. And so, like for Curry, for example. Oh, Ad-
0: side note Adrian loves telling this story. Because I'm also, synchronicity. This is the second time <laughs> she's told it. <her>
1: <laughs> but also. Again, synchronicity, <laughs> um, which is a whole nother thing that we don't need to talk about. Oh here. my gosh,
0: <laughs> podcast episode, synchronicity. Yeah, I, I, Adrian
1: w- back. I, will, I will come back for that. Okay,
0: okay. Uh, I'll write it down. <laughs> <laughs> it's in. Yeah, okay. Anyway. Hear that, Scott.
1: <laughs> um, so yes, we ended up on like when we were getting confirmed around that same time in last May-ish. Um, Bishop oh, Curry. Wait.
0: It's actually important to note that I feel like our pilgrimage began together oh in yeah. our confirmation class last year that we took together, and then I feel like it, it kind of culminated when mm-hmm. we went on this pilgrimage, like when with our Episcopal parish, after we had been confirmed in the confirmed slash yeah. Because you
2: guys both joined St. Paul's and kind of did it together it in college, like. yeah, yeah about like four years. Ago. You guys have been like going there together. You're yeah. their spiritual partners.
1: We are. Platonic life partners, spiritual buddies, spiritual pilgrims, co pilgrims. (laughs) It's good. It's a love fest over here. Okay, wait. So Uh, it's not even that important anymore. Based on (laughs) (laughs) the backpedal,
0: Curry 2K18, we We manifested it. We were eating
1: curry. We were making curry. We we were were finding rice curry, piroshkis at Pike Place, like all kinds of curry. And then. We were walking in to see like a little speaking event at the cathedral, Saint Mark's over here. Um, the Episcopal Cathedral in Seattle. And <laughs> Bishop Curry Bishop the Curry Bishop Curry, not only is he the head of the Episcopal Church in America, but he was also the one who gave the sermon at the royal wedding. And the he was oh, Markle. He was printer. epic. Oh yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah. And so we oh d- he basically retold goodness. that thing in his yeah, turn eighteen. Yeah. So and we're like
2: it's the year of him, yeah. Like Steph Curry. Yeah. Wow. The, right? Like they it's won. Yeah. It's a whole thing. So does pockets extend to like pockets in your
0: dresses? Sure. Yeah, it can yeah. be any pocket. <laughs> There's really we're <laughs> we really <had> welcoming, <laughs> hospitable <laughs> towards pockets. Towards we had a curry. great
1: conversation about pockets and women's pockets in <laughs> specific this morning and how we can incorporate elements of resistance to gender norms and fashion via boom, boom, women's boom. pockets yes <laughs> mm-hmm. okay
2: so should we get into the journey yeah. beyond yeah new york?
1: that was sorry all to say that i ate a potato canish <laughs> in,
3: <laughs> in new, new
1: york, york city the because the it was a potato pocket that i found alluring <laughs> it was a little cold i will say but it tasted great yeah
0: um and so then we arrived 33
1: California. hours later
0: Thirty-three hours later, <laughs> in and we had like a great.
2: Kristen, <laughs> <laughs> you were so funny. <laughs>
0: and then we arrived and went straight to Mount Tabor. Where Nbd, like where yeah. the Ten Commandments, like no, oh. <laughs> No! Moses and Elijah. No, it was where the
1: transfiguration happened. Yeah, yeah, yeah,
0: transfiguration, but also it's like it's tradition both? says it's where really? Elijah. Yeah, like it's where Elijah um isn't that part of the trans- So like So anyways, wait, 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 wait. So like no 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 like this is important. Like this is like biblical symbolism cuz mm. like especially the story mm. in Matthew. Mm. Um fun fact um adrian macy and i were all theo buddy theology buddies this is
2: like truth or theology nerd out <laughs> yeah we're having a great
1: time <laughs>
0: so like tradition says that mount tabor is where like moses was given the ten commandments elijah sacrificed um it's like that story where like the gods were battling and so it was like the gods of i forget the people mm. and then the like fire didn't consume their offering and then like oh and then uh-huh. um elijah all of those
2: happen in the same place supposedly? yeah like tradition oh, says. Wow. Okay, okay i missed that
0: um well, and that's why there was this oh. temple and the elijah temple and, and
2: it, that's also
1: why they both come back in the transfiguration
0: yeah. oh and that makes <laughs> it all makes sense. yeah that Gosh. was so funny I adrian <laughs> was looking at me like no, <laughs> no dummy it's the transfiguration and i was like "Whoa." whoa, whoa. <laughs>
1: Well, this is important. that makes sense because yes, John is my favorite gospel, and there's no transfiguration because the whole gospel is transfiguration. So I guess I
0: haven't oh! read it. Oh, <laughs> you? <well. laughs> <laughs> I was having a mic call. drop. It was just like funny to get off going up. To- on a plane and then be like, oh, like side of the transfiguration. Whoa, we're in the Holy Land. Whoa, yeah. Like
2: you look to the left, mountain, like Galilee. Gosh, I can't like, imagine. Yeah. Like for anyone growing up reading any of these yeah. scriptures, it's just all of a sudden you're in that yeah. that landscape, mm-hmm. and that's like
1: something that we were told, like, oh, it's like living Jesus, like Bible stories, and you that know? sounds
0: super cheesy. Yeah,
1: but. And in then you reality. Get there mm-hmm. And
0: you touch the soil. Oh, you touch goodness. the water.
1: You hear that Mary Magdalene lived in this place and you're like, oh snap. Like <laughs> Oh
2: my goodness.
0: Yeah. Um, and so there's this idea of ancient stones and living stones. And you'll also hear this just in like indigenous rights and like indigenous land. And this idea that land carries story and mm-hmm. history.
3: Mm-hmm
0: and um so this is also in the sense of pilgrimage like we hear these stories of ancient stones but like the reason you pilgrimage is to meet the living stones Mm. like the people carrying on in the story and like who are Mm. part of the like the dirt yeah Mm -hmm. and like the earth Mm -hmm. um and hearing their stories and that was also a huge part of our pilgrimage was meeting with people who call israel palestine their home and um like both the beauty and the pain in that. Hmm. Too. Hmm. Um, but yeah, like waking up and like smelling the Sea of Galilee, <laughs> like helping <laughs> like what
1: fish from the Sea of Galilee, yeah. being on the Sea of Galilee, gosh, yeah walking over to Capernaum. We cried <laughs>
0: or I cried a lot. I
2: can't I can imagine. I remember reading I think it was Blood Brothers and they mm-hmm. it's describing a scene of a kid growing up in along the Sea of Galilee mm-hmm. and it's just like him describing it in that in the opening chapter of that book is like ever since then I've been like I just there's something about being amongst that mm-hmm. land that feels so like it would be so sacred mm. yeah Gosh.
0: Um, an important um, I think an important thing for like a practice that while we were there was veneration and you mm-hmm. hear about like venerating um, icons or maybe some items And what's so cool about the pilgrimage is that you get to venerate holy places. Mm -hmm. Um, So, like, there's a lot of kissing. So, like, um, in the story where Jesus meets the disciples at the end of John and, like, makes them a meal around the fire and then, like. The church is built upon that rock. Yeah, supposedly. There's a rock that tradition says that's the rock. They Mm. call it it. the breakfast church. (laughs) Yeah, it's like the (laughs) breakfast church, which who doesn't want to be a part of that parish? (laughs) (laughs) Hello.
2: Oh. gosh there's something about going to these places and just even seeing them and touching them that like evokes their stories being shared yeah. out loud yeah yep. be like put in front of your vision so you have to then encounter them because you're literally encountering yeah them.
1: totally and i think that another interesting thing that we at least i for myself and i think a lot of people on the trip as well would say is that you know you go on a pilgrimage and really any religious like trip that you're going on and you're going into it like okay like i have these expectations of like Mm. i'm supposed to be feeling or worshiping or experiencing god in a certain way and that may or may not happen or it might Mm. look a lot different than what you expect um and you can get super in your head about it but i think the interesting thing of like going to these places and kind of having that tension between living stones and ancient stones is like you know some sites that we went to I would walk in and I'm like okay this I just it's not really I don't really feel (laughs) or speaking to me yeah (laughs) Yeah.
0: well you're also traveling and you're tired and you have a sore throat and like your tummy's upset you know like (laughs) you just have to go to the bathroom yeah Yeah,
1: so that was kind of a funny part was like the very human visceral experience of Mm. pilgrimage is like my feet hurt and we keep eating the same great delicious salads and foods and baklava and pita mm. but i really just
2: want x y or z yeah you're uh, totally different eating different mm-hmm. things walking along like different lines mm-hmm. were you guys walking between locations not all but some
0: there are pilgrimages that do that mm-hmm. we were mostly in bus um but there was a really cool like cool moment where we got to walk from capernaum back to galilee mm. which is like a mile <laughs> walk
2: But it still feels so –
1: and it's, like, okay, if I can imagine, like, you know, Jesus' time, them walking this, like, oh, I can, like, kind of picture that distance Mm -hmm. in my head, what that would feel like, when they would have to leave, et cetera, et cetera. We
0: got to do it at sunset, too. Oh,
1: goodness. So, like, watch the sunset
0: (laughs) over the Sea of Galilee, get back, have dinner. It was –
1: Not – so we stayed in – pilgrim. A pilgrim house. Yeah that was like a Which was a, a Benedictine
0: mm-hmm. pilgrim house. And hmm. we stayed in
1: those kinds of like hotels for Galilee, Bethlehem, and Jerusalem.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: And they were all like amazing. But it was also so funny because we were like in our group but then we were traveling alongside other groups that we kept seeing. Oh <laughs> you were like oh hey. Yeah. You again. <laughs> <laughs> and so that was kind of a funny thing. Um, but there was still like that camaraderie in that and. Um, you know being able to kind of do the journey and walk that same
2: path together was interesting gosh okay so I'm looking at time and we're probably not going to get to like be able to share your whole journeys but I wonder if you could each maybe share like a favorite day or a favorite like place you went to along the way
0: um I can start mary was a really important part of this pilgrimage for me um and i wasn't expecting that i grew up in a christian tradition that respected mary but in no way venerated or paid homage or even like prayed her prayers or had mary in devotion hmm. um and now i belong to an anglo-catholic parish that has a community of mary mother of our redeemer <laughs> yes <laughs> um so it's totally different. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And like, I was invited to preach, and my first sermon was on, um, it was on Mary's song. Hmm. Um, hmm. and so just, I think just this year in particular, Mary's been really important. And so we had a whole Mary Day, mm-hmm. um, and that was in the Galilee region. And we went to, um, all of this is like tradition says. Mm-hmm. And, um, and the thing that, you know, so is sometimes hard to believe is like, oh, is this true? Is this is historical? This the actual place? But the I think the like tradition, rock. like entering into narrative, entering into um, like epic story. The and symbolism behind yeah. it all.
1: Yeah, it's so yeah. And just like being caught up in the tradition part of like there have been so many millions of people who have yeah. come here and venerated. And mm-hmm. like that spirit and that thin place that it creates is kind yeah. of mm-hmm. really special.
0: And so we had a Mary Day, and I think that was really special for me. Um, We started at Mary's, like, where tradition says Mary was born. Um, And then um, right before we went into the site or the Church of the Annunciation, um, there was milk being offered. Oh, man. (laughs) 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 I know. Like There was, like, some eye rolls when I mentioned this, but then also some, like, sighs. Um,
2: Oh, I'm currently looking (laughs) at a picture of Kirsten
0: i'm forgetting the name Drinking of it the milk? but there's yeah yeah so there's um in the middle east there's a special like sweetened rice and milk drink with like cinnamon and dates and nuts and super thick kind of starchy oh, yeah i know what
2: you're talking about it's so good um
0: and we had it before entering the church of the annunciation and hmm. so like we had milk before visiting like mary's wow site. So just like being fed and cared for Mm -hmm. um and then i was asked to read at the church of the annunciation which was really special for me and it was you know my soul magnifies the lord Mm. um and i think i I mean i'm not even like paying mary homage i don't know if i need to but just that (laughs) she was really important and she is um like i think one of my favorite like theologies surrounding Mary is that she was the first priest like Mm -hmm. a priest's role is to usher in the presence of the Lord and Mary literally (laughs) yeah the presence of God and that she was like special and revered and a woman Hmm. and Um, not
1: like a woman of great status
0: or stature yeah and like when when she is told that um she will be the one to usher in that presence like the incarnate lord her responses, like and the poor will be brought up and the mighty will be brought down and there will mm. be a like leveling of society and like justice and equity mm. and this is the messiah mm. and i think that um yeah it was just really special for me to visit those sites and to be in spaces where she's important mm-hmm. and i ended up getting a a tattoo a tattoo a yes yeah, a so <laughs> we we're gonna tell do this later but you can just
2: share the tattoo
0: story now i think Oh, okay, yeah, um, so I wasn't gonna get a tattoo, <laughs> and then I got kind of a bigger tattoo, <laughs> and it was like, Mary, <laughs> and it's beautiful, and it's, it's a so five hundred year old Coptic stamp um uh designed we'll by those p- pictures on our show notes yeah, everybody yeah. um, and it's this family that has been tattooing in Jerusalem for like seven hundred years. Mm-hmm. And this is a 500 year old Coptic stamp. Like, it was a wooden block that <laughs> he, like, put, put paint on, on. Yeah. and wow. then stamped on me and then tattooed. And it's just really beautiful. And, um, uh, we had a great, like, relationship. Razook tattoo. Yeah. Yeah. So
2: Adrian got a tattoo as
1: well. What was uh-huh. your tattoo of? So I got two, actually. And the first one I got was, um, the tree of life, it's a little olive tree. Oh yeah. With it's so a cute, little lion and lammy. Except oh. the lamb or the lion looks like a leopard, but it's a lion. <laughs> and um it has spots and they're like kind of coordinating with the olives on the olive mm. tree. And in both instances, um we learned that the olive tree you know, I mean olive branch means peace. Yeah. But it also stands for eternity. Mm. And so I guess if you cut an olive tree down, it will keep sprouting. Yeah, like mm. crafting. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And then the lion and the lamb also mean that kind of harmony. Peace stands for Christ.
0: Um, and and then to I know Adrian is to know <laughs> that she has a deep love of <laughs> not only peace, but just like how nature reflects that. Hmm. And um, nature reveals us like constantly being reborn and hmm. reconciled. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Just to name Adrienne. Just, to wow. just <laughs> <laughs> Sweet
1: things, And I think uh, – yeah, this is a little giveaway, but I am a nine on the enneagram, so yeah. So more to come <laughs> later,
2: everybody. We're gonna do like a just a side note and discuss <laughs> the fact that this is a two and a nine, which is like one of the most common mistyping people. They're hard to dis- discern the differences, and yet the differences are also huge. Um, so we'll and get I to that later. And I've also heard
0: that twos and nines have great partnerships too. But I okay, okay you're so making a face, so maybe that. Well, no, I
2: mean. I am really of the nature and philosophy that like every hmm. every number and every combination has potential for such greatness regardless. So I think I think Got yeah that. maybe they can work well, but I think every number combination has so much possibility for working well and also they have possibility for unhealth.
0: Preach 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 preach. preach. Um,
2: <laughs> okay, so Adrian, That was my
0: special day. Your special day. Thanks for well, letting me talk about Mary. For oh, well, of course I've ever. I was <laughs>
2: hoping you would and I mean I love, we. I mean, Mary's like a wonderful figure in the church. And I remember one day we were talking about, I think it was we were in, were we in Christian society together? With Dr. Bantam. Hello. Yeah, um, I remember when he like, he basically preached on Mary in class one day and I was so moved by um, just the nature of what she represented mm-hmm. in terms of being a different voice and yeah. a, an unexpected voice who was then going to be yeah, the first voice that like mm-hmm. carried this message of mm-hmm. light. Um, so mm-hmm. okay. Adrian. Well Here we go. Guys. I'm gonna i continue. Continue. <laughs> getting into it. Yeah, well we this is just <laughs> well, should honestly yeah. be called
1: Mary because <laughs> my favorite moments of the trip also have to do somewhat with with Mary Mary. Dary. Um yeah, no. When we were in Galilee we also went to like I said earlier, um like the little area where they think that Mary Magdalene is from. Hmm. And so it's kind of at like the base of this kind of a, like a mountain Valley area. And I think it's called, what is it? The pigeon Valley,
0: (laughs) (laughs) but it's like also called dove Valley.
1: Yeah. Yeah. And I think it's called pigeon Valley, but I was like, (laughs) so does that mean that the Holy spirit is a pigeon?
0: This was just an inside oh. joke between me and Adrian. Because there is no validity to it, <laughs> no. but we were just laughing. No,
1: I think that there was. There was something connected, which... <laughs> oh, that was my other tattoo, is <laughs> the Holy Spirit. It's a little
0: dove on the back of my neck. Oh. Sun, moon, and stars.
2: Gosh. It's yeah. gorgeous. It was on the
0: crucifixion Honestly, block. getting
2: a tattoo in a location like this is so epic.
0: With its history, too. Yeah. And the family. Was, and yeah. It was cool. The artistry. Mm-hmm.
1: The personship, And, like, the Coptic, like... That whole style is just really, really incredible. Yeah, it's very beautiful,
0: simplistic.
2: Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Okay.
0: Um, oh for those I of you off. that don't know Coptic is a strand of Christianity just like one of the Roman oldest. Catholic Eastern Orthodox and so yeah, it's one of the oldest. There's Ethiopian Coptics. there's Egyptian Coptics and others but anyways mm-hmm. um, <laughs> good to know.
1: Yes. so when we were in Galilee, we went to Magdala, I think is what it was called. And it's, like, this little area kind of between that valley Hmm. and the Sea of Galilee. And um, basically, I believe it was a Catholic church that now owns this, like, plot of land right over there. And I don't remember... The Roman Catholic like, Church, yes. So. The Roman Catholic Mom. Church. Um, Pope Francis has been there. We saw pics. <laughs> um, <laughs> you walked Papa. <laughs> um, but anyway, <laughs> so we're like going in there, like kind of framing it as like, oh, we're gonna go to this like archaeology dig, and we were <laughs> like, okay, like, Dope. yeah, archaeology. <laughs> Bring your shovel and brush. <laughs> exactly and it was not like that (laughs) but what it was like was like a first century synagogue and there was like original mosaics still intact that they had uncovered on the floor um and there a were a place
0: outside. Yeah. There was
1: like a marketplace outside. Um, there were different. You can
0: look this up online. By Gosh. The way. Yeah.
1: yeah. You and guys must have
0: been popping off. Yeah.
1: Cause it was like, wait, this is literally like a Jewish synagogue first century. Hmm. If Jesus is like, he is said to have taken the shortcut through that dove pigeon Valley, like back and forth from Jerusalem to um, Galilee. And Maybe not Jerusalem, but no, no, no. Yeah, was it? You're gr- right, yeah. And so anyway, to think that he like, you know, stopped through was right through there. He yeah, was probably did there, some teaching, yeah, teaching in that synagogue yeah. or like at least frequented the marketplace. It's surreal. Yeah. So that was really crazy. But what was like the cherry on top is that this this um church, there's like a I don't know. What is the church called? Do we remember?
0: Oh, I forget. It has like a Latin name.
1: Yeah. Hmm. But basically, you go in, and it's, like, super
0: beautiful, like, floor-to-ceiling glass looking out on the Sea of Galilee. It was built, like, within the past two Very years. Very recently. Because yeah. yeah. hmm. uh, we say that because a lot of the places you visit in the Holy Land are centuries old. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um,
1: and it basically, like, you walk through, and then it has a little, what's the... um Atrium? Yeah, an atrium. So it's, like, a little round kind of atrium atrium yeah (laughs) with (laughs) pillars and there are like nine pillars going along like Mm. around in a circle holding up this beautiful like domed ceiling um and i don't even remember what the paintings were like
0: on the ceiling or around well yeah they're are paintings of they're icons of women in scripture Mm
1: -hmm. and so each column has the name of one woman woman in scripture that was like a crucial part in a pillar of the church and then the last pillar is blank for all of the women that are have been and continue to be and to top it off so not only was it like oh my gosh like here's like this beautiful like honoring welcoming Mm. proclaiming place and like it's also a place that like from an institution that maybe like women haven't always been seen as like held in high esteem and in high value for. Um, so to see that and to see that honor was just like really humbling and really beautiful. And then before we left, we were, Kirsten, me, and our friend Heidi, we were like the last stragglers that didn't want to leave because <laughs> like, we were no. just like, we just stay we just here, live all here all day? And now? And there was like a fountain in the middle. So mm-hmm. there was running water and um, we sang the Magnificat. And the Gloria. And the Gloria in that little atrium with all the women around us. Oh, gosh. Yeah, it was beautiful. And then we got little emblems because there's like a little, it's almost like a, it looks kind of like a sand dollar, like the middle of a sand dollar, but it's like a little flower Hmm.
0: emblem. Yeah, they found it all over this This area. area. And so it was probably the like emblem of Magdala. Mm
3: -hmm.
0: Um, And like something that was pointed out and confirmed in this archaeology dig was that there's this whole tradition that like makes up that mary mary of magdalena was like a prostitute and like just like makes up stuff about like her sexuality and like Hmm. who she was and that's like not in scripture Hmm. and it's like a tradition to demean like women's leadership within the early church yeah and in actuality like we don't really know but she could have like owned this whole market (laughs) and like been like making things happen yeah (laughs) been a smart businesswoman and so i'd like yeah there's there's a lot of speculation but really we don't know in the likelihood like that tradition of her being like a woman of the night Mm -hmm. is just a bunch of hog, hog, a bunch white of hog whale mosh. Yeah. Truth.
1: Wait, can I read a haiku that I wrote? Yes, oh, you, you <laughs> can read a <laughs> haiku I that you wrote. No, no, no. This is about Mary, more about Mother Mary, hmm. um, in general. But it ties AKA in our Blessed Mother, our Blessed Mother. Yes, it ties in um, what we just talked about. So this mm-hmm. is my haiku. I tried to write a haiku for every day, but I only got like four haikus. Um, more than none. Okay, so this is one of the ways, like when. I think it was one of the blessings, or some kind of a. a, there, was a of praying,
0: there was a lot of prayer. <laughs> a lot of prayer. Blessings. There was a lot of singing, so. <laughs>
1: readings, um, and so one of the taglines that we just loved on the Mary Day when we were visiting Mary and the side of the Annunciation and everything was Mistress of Creation. Mm. Oh, yes, 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 yes. Mm. And so here it goes: <laughs> Mistress of Creation and faithful women pillars. Flesh, heart, just like me. And that's my haiku. <laughs> oh, <laughs> I like that.
0: Wait, can you read it <laughs> one yeah, more time? Yeah, okay. Agree.
1: Mistress of creation and faithful women pillars, flesh, heart, just like me.
0: Wow. Mm. And if, um, I think something just to name in my own story, and I mean, I don't want to like tell Adrian's story, but, um, women not being included in religious spaces Mm. is a part of both of our stories Mm -hmm. Mm. and also like a part of our vocation of being advocates for people whose voices have been pushed aside, forgotten, um, and not given space. And so I think that our pilgrimage, there were spaces on our pilgrimage to center those voices Mm -hmm. was just personally really reaffirming of... um, what my faith and practice means to me and also how I want to continue to include Mm. others and learning when to turn off my own voice and hand over the mic and yeah.
2: Hey y'all, Macy here, interrupting you with just a quick ask. If you like No Small Thing, if it's beneficial to you, it's super helpful if you rate and review us. So whatever way you're listening to No Small Thing, whether that be SoundCloud, iTunes, Stitcher, there's ways to rate us. And writing a review and giving us a rating is super helpful for people to find us, and it helps us to grow. Another last way that helps to spread the word about the podcast is simply sharing
0: this episode.
2: If you're enjoying it and can think of any person in your life who might also enjoy this conversation and hearing about the Holy Land or maybe later hearing about Twos and Nines on the Enneagram, send them a text, screenshot what you're listening to, click the share button. That spreads the listeners, it gets the word out there, and maybe a few extra people will check us out this week. Thank you so much. Okay, that's all I have. And back to the episode.
1: So to continue on with this Mary theme... Um I think another really important and for me at least it was like probably the most profound and heaviest day that we had on the pilgrimage um was our time in Bethlehem. So we departed Galilee, it took us a couple hours to drive. We went through Jericho, which is also in the West Bank. Um
0: and then for you, for those of you that don't know the West Bank is in Palestinian territory mm-hmm. and the reason it takes so long to get from Galilee to um bethlehem is we were being led by palestinian christians and so it meant we had to go through checkpoints mm-hmm. and go the long way around
1: yeah and so um yeah so we went through th- like the desert basically um and along the jordan river um and we could see jordan on the other side of the river too which was really interesting
0: hmm. also by the desert it's like the desert like 40 so years
1: in the wilderness <laughs> desert.
0: Yeah, like when Jesus oh goes into the wilderness, goodness, it's, yes. that, it's desert. that desert. Yeah. And then he's Yay. like, see that see <laughs>
1: that cliff over there? That's where Moses, or no, that's where Joshua,
0: or no, that's where Moses. <laughs> so, like, probably <laughs> all of those names are relevant to that desert. Like, that's the crazy thing about the Holy Land is you're like, what the, like. like they all were in these places. Yeah.
2: yeah. Oh, my goodness. Yeah. yeah so. Yeah.
1: <laughs> but yeah, no. Like when we were we, we were near Jericho, and he was like over there. Like they looked over the ledge, and then they like came around Jericho, the city. Mm-hmm. Um, so it was just all very. And then like, oh, that one over there is where all of the the pigs went into the sea. And oh like, my goodness, it's like all of these casual. stories are like <laughs> oh, yeah. funny. These your face. stories we
0: heard in the bus, like driving through. While and we were driving. Like, we we're like, oh. what the. <laughs>
2: <laughs> that is wild it, it it makes them feel realer i think yeah, yeah probably you can like see
1: say. it and grasp it yeah mm-hmm. um but anyways we got to we had to go through jerusalem got to bethlehem went through some checkpoints we were there um and we i think well i like i said the um to continue with the mary theme one of the days the most profound day we went to this well we started the day by going souvenir shopping and it was like a really interesting experience it's palestinian christians who it's like a cooperative they Mm. have all of these different artisans who have every good under the sun that you could imagine and it's kind of nice because it's all like one-stop shop kind of deal so we did this like power hour and a half of shopping. I Power I, hour. <laughs> I did.
0: Adri <laughs> killed. Yes. There were sexual jokes made about different cooking. Not by me, by <laughs> an older woman who shall not be named. Um, there was a cutting board. Let's just say she talked about it being a paddle. And I was
1: really awestruck that she would even say that
0: yeah but like so anyway, yeah awesome great go cool. for it lady yeah all right Maybe so you got, got some out. souvenirs <laughs> 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 yeah this where is is okay like we've got souvenirs okay yeah so then
1: capitalism ap- fury <laughs> flurry got it and then we went straight to the wall
0: and the wall which felt really like you're going along bethlehem and then it's the wall and this is the, se- mm. the we're talking about the separation wall right now
1: and let's also paint the picture like you can pretty easily tell when you're in Israel versus Palestine um, based on just the built environment. Hmm. So in Israel, things for the most part are very like tidy, spread out, hmm. manicured. Like it's just kind of like a, a city, regular or like, you know. Um, and then when we were driving through different parts of Palestine, things felt like... They just were to b- clarify, like by regular...
0: By, mm-hmm. by North like American, a, yes, like Western t- standards, standards. <laughs> we're talking paved roads, mm-hmm. houses with um, drywall, mm-hmm. um, which they have in the West Bank, but mm-hmm. like, it's a different, it just looks different. Yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. Um And yeah, so in
1: Palestine, there's a lot of like vertical buildings and not like everything feels a little bit more. Squished together. together. Packed, yeah. Not, not all roads are paved. Mm-hmm. There's a lot more activity in some places. Yeah. Um, a lot. Essentially of you
0: can tell that like the state does not put as much money into maintenance and infrastructure. And care. <laughs> yeah. Um also one of the biggest differences is there is running water oh. in Israel and not in Palestine. And occupied yeah and then in um in Palestinian territory you see black jugs above living in like living places and, and so israel controls the water given to the palestine palestinians Whoa. and so every week those water jugs are refilled so it's like another power dynamic mm. and so mm. like, and like if they have occupation w- oppression mm. if they have mm.
1: water they're gonna save it as much as they can um and we heard stories of people having to like saving the water in their bathtubs and like mm just basically saving water so they have like three water towers on top of their houses whereas israel like they have one water water. tower on top of their houses Mm
2: -hmm. and so gosh yeah so that was a really interesting marker
0: um it is a reality of going into israel palestine and um uh a lot some tourism companies won't even go into bethlehem because Mm. it is palestinian territory and you see things like that and it does not make is like the state of israel look good yeah
1: yeah um and so we're walking around this separation wall and we're praying um this is the wall where banksy has done some work Hmm. initially um there's a like a little store that sells some banksy things like down the road from the wall Mm -hmm. um but then other people in the community I'm not sure if they said, like, if others, like, outsiders also participate. But um, basically, it's, like, a wall that has, it's, like, continued, continually updated. Mm -hmm. So there are a lot of current events. But different, like, art
0: and graffiti. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And, like, it's, when you see the wall, you see art as resistance. Mm -hmm. Mm. Um, Expression, empowered expression. But then there's also this reality that there is this wall separating people and mm-hmm. access and like we can pass through this wall really easily and then mm. there's people that have family members on the other side and it's like really difficult to see them mm. or like maybe there's job and opportunities on the other side but it's hard to access
1: and yeah and one of the things that was really interesting from this day in particular because it was like a heavy you know like you experience this and then you're not exactly sure how to unpack and process what yeah. you just experienced um at least from my point of view as like a very privileged american outsider who's just here for like a little bit and who
0: has an american passport mm-hmm. and can easily travel through mm-hmm. um
1: but we heard a really great lecture from a lutheran reverend later a
0: couple hours after yeah also like indigenous to palestine yeah
1: and so he's been serving as a minister like for the last 30 years and then he was part of a team that helped um start the first arts and culture mm. university
0: in palestine and the reason why he started an arts and culture um university is one of the things he said is there's enough political leaders there's enough business people um resistance is in the arts mm-hmm <laughs> snaps and to that. yeah like who like uh he did a lot of talking about like the the prophet poet artist and like mm-hmm. their role
1: yeah and so he i think that was a super clarifying experience at least for me because it was kind of like we kept you know going between the west bank Ooh. going between israel all these checkpoints and it was very like okay wait so it was hard it was very fluid and kind of hard to like keep up with all of the changes and what's happening and, yeah um And so he gave us a really great lecture that was super clarifying on, like, the Hmm. socio-political
0: climate at that point. Given from a Palestinian perspective, Mm
1: -hmm. too. And basically, he's, I mean, he first talked about, like, how Christianity in the Holy Land, it's, like, 2% of the population. And so it's really interesting. And again, like, tying in that living stones and ancient Mm -hmm. stones, like if you're going to the Holy land and you're just looking at these sites and you're not paying attention to the Christians and the communities that Mm. are there that are actually running these sites. And like a lot of their livelihood does come from this tourism Mm. industry, but at the same time, if you're not paying any of their story attention, it's like, this is not going to be sustainable. Mm -hmm, And you're really not recognizing like brothers and sisters who are really in a place where, their numbers are shrinking Mm -hmm. um but at the same point like
0: also meeting with like muslim Mm -hmm. people because they make up the majority Mm -hmm. um of the population and Mm -hmm. so like we had the opportunity to meet um
1: different people
0: yeah and Mm -hmm. like uh this happened in jerusalem but there was like just on the topic of um ancient stones living stones um there's an organization in Israel Palestine. I'm forgetting its name, but um, it's essentially StoryCorps. Um, oh, oh! But in Israel Palestine, and it's oh, it's Circle Parent Circle, yes. And it's a storytelling hmm. like um, organization, mm-hmm. <laughs> and its whole its whole um, mission. M- yeah, mission is to connect people whose families have been affected by the conflict and hmm. like the death it's like a bereaved like, family members mm-hmm. organization and, and so it's essentially bringing people whose um like families have been in the middle of this conflict and have lost like loved ones mm. and like sharing that from and both also sides yeah and like being for peace mm-hmm. and like that's when we like heard concepts of a state is not sacred mm-hmm. like there's ideas of hospitality and inviting the stranger both in like jewish and mm-hmm. christian and um awesome. muslim like holy scriptures mm-hmm. and that when a state is declared sacred that is and super tied to a religion yeah. yeah it's not that isn't actually that's, politi- that's, that's like, political that's that's political yeah no longer longer. yeah yeah even though like there's like fluidity and all of that but like Mm -hmm. there's like this huge idea of a state is not sacred and so like that's when we got Hmm. to hear like a muslim woman's voice like a palestinian muslim woman's voice like within this Mm -hmm. conflict and um yeah it was Hmm. like that was a really important living stone that we got to Mm -hmm. um interact and listen to
1: yeah and i think um just going back to like the lutheran minister too he was kind of um just sharing different <laughs> stories from his own students too and mm-hmm. their lives and i think it's like 85% of their student body is muslim mm. um and so it's like yeah like we're not doing this for like our little tiny christian community although right. he did say that i think christians run like 33% of the hospitals in oh, the holy that's
0: land yeah. interesting. it's just like an interesting like they 2% the has the power yeah mm. and like like christians also hold a lot of political power Mm -hmm. so it's just important to say like oh who holds the power who has access right yeah um but yeah so i don't know it was really interesting to hear some of those stories um and like earlier when we talked about mother sarah saying that her vocation was to take people to the holy land Hmm. part of it is like this idea of hearing stories of living stones of people Hmm. there and bringing it Mm -hmm. back and so that's why like we wanted to spend a significant amount of time like talking with you Mm -hmm. (laughs) about this is because like these stories are real and they're happening and like when we're living in (laughs) a political state that's even talking about a wall in Mexico and just this idea of a wall like it's important to say yeah like these ideas of separation have existed in other Mm -hmm. political forms and there's a lot of pain mm-hmm. um and, and hate yeah and i might
1: add a note that trump is trying to contract or ma- he might oh, have yeah. already contracted the same wall builders that were used like in israel because yeah. they know how to build walls so if that paints a picture like yeah. that's just what we're like foundationally working with here and i think that yeah like in our political climate in our religious climate in america at least like I feel like I you know I studied a little bit about the conflict in college yeah but I still know like barely anything Mm -hmm. you know and so it was like how do we enter into that space Mm, totally listening and um and what would actually like what can we do as like with our identity and who we are that actually is something and it doesn't have to solve the conflict but how can we tell stories on this podcast uh-huh. to like yeah. to how share. can we tell share. stories yeah. <laughs> we have
0: listening postures mm-hmm. how do we like hand over the mic like we're telling you these names and snippets like we are not experts mm-hmm. by any means so please look up parent circle like <laughs> <look up> separation <laughs> wall like we were there for a day like ours yeah. yeah like the story we're telling should not be the story that's centered mm-hmm. yeah. it should be one that that encourages you to look to, up more yeah. <laughs> yeah
2: to listen to different yeah. voices and more voices mm-hmm. yeah Okay, guys, that well, was Bethlehem. is there is there more to your journey that you really want to share or <laughs> um, Jerusalem was really Jerusalem was amazing. Yeah. All right. So we will we'll end your journey part with <laughs> you guys sharing a bit about <laughs> Jerusalem and then we, we got to cut to the next segment. Yeah.
1: <laughs> yeah. Um. Yeah. So we were in Bethlehem like two or three Tonight, days yeah. and then we went on to Jerusalem for like almost like five or six days, I feel like. Um, We were staying in the old city. So you go and it's like actually a walled city that is talked about when they talk about (laughs) David's
0: gate and like the lion's gate, gate, the dung gate. Oh,
1: we were there. Yeah. So we We were in that gate. We stayed by the Jaffa gate Hmm. Um, and it was just like a really amazing place. Like the floor, so like the road slash floor that you're walking on or ground that you're walking on. Um, the buildings and then the actual walls around the city itself are like all the same stones, limestone. Mm. And so it's just like, cobblestone. it feels yeah. like you're in a castle fortress or something. Well, cause <laughs> you are. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, but it was just like, I don't know, something that I had never experienced yeah. before and it was just really interesting. And
0: on Instagram, look up the hashtag, like old city Jerusalem, just mm-hmm. to get like a, a visual. Feel. Yeah. 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 Also I might add. Um, another
1: hashtag to look up is yeah. cats of Jerusalem because, or even just of the Holy Land. Cause there were
0: cats everywhere. Mm, we and went. there's a whole tradition and like stories about that, that we're not going to get into, but like there's a lot of cats in Jerusalem. It was fun. Cats of Jerusalem. Yes. It's a great um, hashtag. I'll
2: look it up tonight. I'm sure. Yeah.
1: Um, but yeah, so we stayed in the Christian quarter by the Jaffa gate, um, it was within walking distance from the Holy Sepulchre Church. Church of the
0: Holy Sepulchre.
1: And Kirsten, that was like one of her highlights. So I will let her take that away.
0: Um. So Church of the Holy Sepulchre um, is, it's also called like Church of the Crucifixion, Church of the Resurrection. So it's like where tradition says that... um, Calvary. Like yeah, that's like where... Ca- like what's really interesting is <laughs> it's this really large large (laughs) building that like doesn't make any sense no like it shouldn't work but then like you learn oh this is like built around calvary like
1: like the hill Mm. like it's it encompasses a hill
0: Uh, (laughs) yeah and then there's also like they brought in the tomb that tradition says like that where jesus's body was laid and so it's like crucifixion resurrection within like the same building it's
1: all one enclosed Mm -hmm. like kind of dark place yeah and a that's a lot, lot to reflect on yeah
0: oh in <laughs> and whole just wait till you <laughs> get to like my highlight <laughs> story so um, when you get when you're like walking towards church of the holy sepulcher you smell it hmm. before you can see it and it's just this deep like it's you find out it's myrrh mm-hmm. and it's because when you walk in there's a um, place called the anointing slab and it's just this marble slab that like <laughs> has myrrh oil but they, they pour over, pour over o- every day wow and like the whole we're talking like
2: frankincense and myrrh like yeah. it's yeah, yeah, yeah. aromatic what does myrrh smell
0: like beautifulness
2: i have um, frankincense essential oils and i don't love the smell myrrh smells better i
1: feel yeah. like really that. i mean
0: this hmm. is also like legit holy land myrrh macy all right all right all right <laughs> like,
2: okay
1: i feel like they get to be that oil lady i feel like a lot of their frankincense actually comes from jordan Ooh. so anyway sorry um, continue on yeah
0: like it's really hard to explain but if you've been into mass like catholic mass that has or i mean like any place that or has, or an orthodox yeah orthodox yeah and like they have s- like they sense like that's what it smells like um And you, like, can rub your hands on it. You rub your rosaries. You, like, people kiss it. And Hmm. Kirsten, um,
1: like, threw herself mm. upon it.
0: And then reemerged,
1: like, deeply
0: inhaled and said, like, Our friend Heidi, this is her favorite story, is I had my rosary (laughs) and I, like, rubbed it. And I, like, was – I didn't know people were watching me because I was, like, (laughs) having my Church of the Holy Sepulchre moment. (laughs) um you know being a pilgrim <laughs> and <laughs> took my rosary like mixed it and then um like inhaled s- like very deeply like <sighs> <sighs> I'm trying to get those sound effects and like smelled my rosary and just went oh, i love being catholic oh you're so um <laughs> and just like i mean like it is just a very embodied like Experience. sensing yeah. thing mm-hmm. and so you go in and you can um walk up calvary see like touch the stone Mm -hmm. that um like the cross was on and that's like you can kiss it it's a very like i'm speechless just talking it's like a very somber serene beautiful place Mm -hmm. and then you can walk into um oh shoot Father Rob is oh there's the like chamber. a yeah, there's, chamber. Yeah, oh, there's there's like a special name for the tomb and I'm forgetting it, so it's just gonna be called a tomb. But so that was like it's our like a mini church built on top of where the tomb is said to be. Yes. Mm. And um the weeping chamber. Yes, yeah, 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 yeah. And right. so essentially, like when we got to Jerusalem, we dropped our bags down and then like with Father Rob, Father Jason, Heidi, and then Adrian and myself, we just like ran to the Church of the Holy Sepulchre. Wow. Um, and then so sunday morning i got up really really early with father rob and father jason and um this other person on a trip brother paul <laughs> and there was sister kirsten <laughs> not a sister but there was just kirsten <laughs> with all these men of religious order
1: in their robes. yeah in their
0: yeah and they're like yeah they all had their, their ab- religious garb their house <laughs> and, and there's
1: kirsten
0: yeah i was wearing like my <laughs> my red culottes <laughs> that's your own a- habit anyways <laughs> to know me is to know that i can rock a culotte she only
1: wears culottes <laughs> and she rocks it
0: um <laughs> okay anyways so got up at like 4 because we oh our tattoo artist told us that you can go to 5 a.m mass
4: at <laughs> wow. the church of the holy
0: sepulcher and we were sh- like shut up like no way we're gonna do it yeah we're doing it we're getting up at 4:30 <laughs> so we got up walked in the dark to the church of the holy sepulcher and then um we wanted to have mass there and celebrate like resurrection at the side of the resurrection boom boom and then we noticed people going into the tomb like we notice priests going into the tomb and like taking wine and bread and we're like what is go- like communion yeah <laughs> you guys have to have communion. so oh. uh, father jason just saw people going in and he goes i'm going in and so we all followed him and like they don't announce this yeah it just happens every single day and or there's like not, all these priests and robes and like there's just like ka- there's like a and little bit of you like are. chaos, Religious and chaos. so we just walked in, and so there's like this weeping chamber, and then there's like the um the real chamber. the resurrection stone, yeah. Which like oh my gosh, Harry Potter, yeah, just yeah. made that connection. Anyways, um, so we go in, and then it's Latin mass, so I didn't quite understand, but because um, like I go to an Anglo-Catholic parish, and like what we say and do there, like I know the motions, of. Catholic, yeah. I know the motions of it and I got to receive the body broken for you at the site where like the body was resurrected like oh yeah <coughs> <coughs> that's nuts and so like I got to celebrate Easter where Easter happened I entered in the dark like left when the, the sun light. was coming up thank you're still um were you there no I was sleeping no oh, it's fine that's next time, I, next, <laughs> time. <laughs> yeah, next time um and it was just like indescribable tear like i cried as one does yeah when <laughs> i like now when i take eucharist like th- like that experience is informed mm. by this mm. um yeah Go and on. also there was like people from all over like the world and uh-huh. like from different traditions in that space yeah, that was cool
1: which also should be noted that That church in particular is shared by, like, four different traditions. Mm. So.
0: Coptics, mm -hmm. Eastern Orthodox, Roman Catholics. Like, different traditions have different altars there. But, like, mainly. Yeah. And so there's, like,
1: there has been bloodshed amongst, like, friars and Hmm. monks and all kinds of things. And actually, it's really interesting they've given the key to the muslim community hmm. so they are the ones that are opening and closing the doors at night because the christians can't figure it out
0: yeah so it's wow. like also the deep irony of on this book, <laughs> deep irony yeah it's like here like yeah we're taking like communion like eucharist like unity like symbol yeah. of unity and diversity and here like there are these traditions fighting with each other <sighs> and that also another layer
2: yeah yeah it feels like this the pilgrimage was really both like both this like huge sacred encounter and feeling of unification yet also like also like this is humanity and earth Um. and brokenness but isn't that
0: just like the journey yeah
2: exactly gosh
0: totally so that was my oh i also have another Jerusalem moment but Adrian needs to share a Jerusalem moment them. well i don't know if any i don't yeah, know if we really I can share any more moments
1: tattoos no. was my moment yeah. oh Let and you
0: share you
2: <laughs> guys have all shared a lot the <laughs> only
1: thing i have to say is we went to a bomb lebanese restaurant in the christian quarter oh. ate motobal, which is like perfectly perfectly cooked dare i say roasted eggplant yeah roasted definitely. roasted eggplant roasted, with grilled yeah tahini lemon little bit of spice in there it was a little kick um some salon no some parsley mm-hmm. and then pine nuts
0: Was there anything else no
1: you're wetting the people's appetite yeah so yeah. go to your local Lebanese restaurant and order motobol
0: so this is actually great I actually I need to share this story because we are <laughs> all reconciliation miners <laughs> you don't need to like this is her
1: identity moment
0: Oh, it's your identity paper.
1: moment. All right, we
2: did write this down. Okay, we will close this
0: and okay. get to our next. Session. I It was our last
1: day
2: too, so it's Christian's. It's written down as identity moment, oh, but also KB Gold- Spice Gata. Market
1: or no, the Garden of Gethsemane. Oh, oh you guys went to the Garden of Gethsemane. It was a that was a talk situation. about it, Adrian. okay? So and then very I'll talk about quickly, we went <laughs> to the the Mount like the Beatitude, like the Mount of Olives. Yeah. We went there, the whole thing. We did the little Palm Sunday walk. Yeah, and like th-
0: the. The procession, yeah,
1: from the top to the bottom, ended at the Garden of Gethsemane, and then, like, what? yeah. So there's like literally olive trees that are two thousand years old, or grafted from, or grafted yeah. ones. Yeah, very casual. But as we're sitting there, um, Father Rob and Father Jason are telling us, like, okay, we're staring at the eastern wall of the city right here on this okay I that that I narrating adrian
0: is showing a picture yes. to macy of um, the eastern wall so
1: it's the eastern wall there's this gate called the eastern gate and it's sealed here in these places and there's like a little valley in between the Mount of olives where we're sitting at the garden of gethsemane mm-hmm. looking across the valley to this the wall to mm. J-
2: jerusalem
0: the to the eastern city.
1: gate and that valley is literally like the Valley of Death. So there mm. are like 120,000. Even though I walk through the mm-hmm.
0: Valley of Death, yeah, ma- like wouldn't be surprised if that's where that comes mm. from.
1: So there's 120,000 Jewish, um, like grave
0: grave y- sites. Yeah, mm. there's um, there's probably a burial site. Like sites. special name for that that mm-hmm. we're missing,
1: but and there are like the prophets are buried here. Mm. Like there are huge pyramid shaped tombs on top like Mm. and on the other side closer to the city is a muslim graveyard that also has quite a number of people buried there Mm. and this is because in these abrahamic religions the idea is that when the messiah comes back everybody's gonna rise up and walk through the eastern gate into the Mm. new city oh so they're all there they're all waiting They're, Mm. they're first in line
0: And so when Jesus is discerning his death at the Garden of Gethsemane, he's
1: like, stay awake, people. (laughs) And he's literally looking through death, like, across that valley. And It just puts a whole new
0: layer on these texts. And saying, no more. Like, this shit is done. Like, we're going to do this thing. Death is no more. Mm-hmm. yeah i'm like going, going down i've way. opened the gates of
1: hell mm-hmm. i'm gonna do it yeah and so ushering in new life like yeah like this is the kingdom that we're talking about Yeah, hmm. and so this is just like again like what you said like bring a whole new level and layer to the text like yeah. when people said like it's like storybook jesus to real life it's like no this is like things that you just wouldn't know unless mm-hmm. you were here like <laughs> mm, yeah and
2: so i think and that they hold like they now have a, m- a meaning that
0: is can maybe only be understood mm-hmm. through yeah seeing and experiencing yeah. feeling mm-hmm. so not only looking is out at the garden jesus discerning his own death and suffering he's also looking at like mm. others death yeah, and suffering, death itself of everybody that's come before him
1: oh the goosebumps yep so that's my story okay i'm done
2: okay kb is <laughs> gonna close <laughs> us out from this
0: segment <laughs> as long macy is like shaking her head holding her like <laughs> head in her hands weeping because she has to edit <laughs> and we don't we're just gabbing we're on peacing out after this <laughs> um, um so kirsten had an identity moment What it was that yeah so another important part of this pilgrimage because you can only hear my voice um <laughs> you can't so see your her face not see my face or um, her brownness <laughs> <laughs> um to also like an important aspect of mine and Adrian's friendship uh-huh. is we both are mixed. So, like when we say that, we mean like like racially, ethnically, culturally, culturally. Um, our identities are mixed. So my mom is Lebanese, her family is Lebanese. My dad is white, and so um, uh, when you look at me, you think, "Who is this racially ambiguous <laughs> <laughs> being?" <laughs> I don't like have a category speak for conversational this. Yep. Spanish but is not <laughs> Latina. Hmm. Um and so like a huge part of my story is people asking like what are you? Mm-hmm. Um hmm. or like assuming things about my identity. And what was really special about this trip is I got to travel to the Middle East for the first time. Mm-hmm. Um and um yeah like that's why we found this lebanese restaurant because i was like we need to eat lebanese food oh (laughs) yes and it was everyone's favorite duh (laughs) she (laughs) proclaimed herself she
1: was an ex she is an expert in picking the best food that everybody likes and she's not wrong (laughs) maybe that's a two move
0: i don't know we'll get to it tell me will we um and (laughs) so the whole time <laughs> I was telling Adrian one thing I want is to go to the spice market and get some spices so I can make hmm. um, food that I grew up eating, but get like spices from the Holy Land and like from a Middle Eastern market. Yeah. And so th- we did this on the last day so that the spices could be freshest when we got home. After our bread. <laughs> yeah. After. Yeah. So this was like post bread and meal pre like Lebanese feast. Um, and so. I took the rest of the money I had and went to the spice market, and I was um, ordering all the things. And the man went, "You know everything you want," and he could tell I was with like Americans. Mm-hmm. And he goes, "Your face." He couldn't like we like I couldn't speak Arabic. He couldn't right. like he wasn't fluent in English. And he goes, he just goes, "Your face. What are you?" And so the mm. question, "What are you?" is. Um, a really painful question because often it's asked as a way of separating mm-hmm. me from people. Like, mm. I don't know who you are. What are you? You kind of look white, but not <laughs> like, what is this? And for, but like the way this um, merchant was asking me was what are you as a way of inclusion? Mm. Because I knew the spices and the names and like how to cook with them. And I said, oh, I'm Lebanese. And he goes, oh, Aww. Um. He goes. You look like my sister, <laughs> <laughs> and I just like welled up. Yeah. <sighs> um. Even Mother Sarah was with us, and she goes, "You're glowing." Oh. And I think it so was just this. Um. I think it's just part of the joy of pilgrimage. Hmm. Um. Mm. Of. Uh, being welcomed, even though I'm a stranger, and mm. a part of my identity being seen and included instead of excluded. Wow, that makes me so happy, and knowing like who you are i can just like so special Mm. yeah thanks let me share that (laughs) it was beautiful
1: yeah and it got us lots of halva oh yeah i got free halva out of it
0: (laughs) if you don't know what halva is it is a sesame delight (laughs) go to the ethnic food section (laughs) there should be honestly like you should have a pod like a podcast segment about ethnic foods and i will roast like that section of grocery stores but anyways there's like an ethnic food section (laughs) and like you can find halva and i highly encourage you to enjoy it but enjoy it more you could start a whole podcast of your own all about ethnic foods (laughs) you could do it (laughs) but like i wouldn't want to call it ethnic foods because that's like whiteness
2: yeah there probably is a podcast about it okay Uh, we are gonna be done with this segment (laughs) 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 we're gonna take a a break and when we come back
0: if you did the it, revolution <laughs> is happening at this table
2: <laughs> when we come back um kirsten and adrian we're gonna take a shift and um we're gonna talk a little bit about surprise surprise the enneagram kirsten is a two if you didn't know and adrian is a nine and those are often mistyped and misidentified they have a lot of similarities and yet a lot of differences so we'll have a quick conversation (laughs) about that (laughs) what is quick Of this today if you didn't know it we are sitting here with uh, i am an enneagram four adrian is an enneagram three and kirsten nine. is a two. Oh god
1: <laughs> but i don't want to tell adrian. you that macy because
2: it's <laughs> too much conflict <laughs> um case K-
1: i'm
3: K- a nine adrian. <laughs> adrian.
2: okay here we go everybody adrian is a nine and kirsten is a two And I'm sure that that really came to play on this trip, that you guys were literally seeing the world differently. But um, I think to start us out, just to kind of, we're just gonna spend 20 minutes here, everybody, discussing (laughs) the difference between twos and nines, hearing what being a two slash nine is like for them, and then maybe a bit of what it's like them being friends together as a two and a nine. So we'll hash through that, everybody. Um, And we're gonna start by looking at enneagraminstitute.com, which is if you're googling the enneagram the best resource to find especially when you're looking at misidentifying two different numbers they have a whole section hmm. where you can look at how each number compares with another number and see the differences and similarities oh. so i'm going to be reading from I that have to look this up. Mm-hmm. it's the best i would say it's the best online resource um if you're just looking for like some quick things so this comes from the enneagram institute and i shall read it There are a number of similarity between these types. Both are interpersonal, both tend to put others' needs before their own, both believe in service, both like to keep things positive, (laughs) and so forth. (laughs) Nonetheless, the differences between them are significant. It is usually average 9 to mistakenly think they are 2s. It is rare for average 2s to make the reverse misidentification. Some average nines, particularly women, would like to be twos because they believe that two is the loving type. And since these nines also see themselves as loving, they feel that they must therefore be twos. But of course, the capacity of love is not restricted to twos, Mm -hmm. and other types, including nines, are equally capable of loving others. As with other general traits that are common to all types, such as aggression and anxiety, love is expressed differently from type to type and must be distinguished. In fact, the ways that twos and nines love others is quite different. Nines are unselfconscious, seldom focusing on themselves. They are self-effacing and accommodating, quite content to support others emotionally without looking for a great deal of attention or appreciation in return. Of course, while nines want to feel what their love is returned, they are patient about it and can be satisfied with fewer responses than twos. Some of this is because nines secretly do not want others to bother them or to affect them too strongly. <laughs> they attempt to stay in connection with others while withdrawing within themselves to feel safe and independent. Yep. <laughs> Average nines tend to idealize others and fall in love with a romantic, idealized version of the person, rather than the person as they actually are. Mm. Average twos, on the other hand, have an acute sense of other people and their hurts, needs, and frailties. Twos may focus on these qualities as a way of getting closer to others as and as a way of being and as a way to be needed. The last bit. Unlike average nines, average twos have a very sharp sense of their own identities. Although highly empathetic, empathetic, they are not particularly self-effacing or accommodating. Rather than being unselfconscious, they are highly aware of their feelings and virtues and are much less hesitant to talk about them. Okay. So, what parts of that resonated? I am a nine,
1: as Macy said. Um, And I think that in my own Enneagram journey, when I was trying to figure out what type I was, I listened to podcasts and did some research and, um, like, I remember distinctly when I was listening to a podcast and they were going through each type kind of, I mean, it was pretty brief. It was like a maybe two part series or something, mm-hmm. but they were able to cover everybody like pretty much of an overview. Yeah. And they did nines last. And so literally the whole time I was like, that kind of sounds like me, but mm-hmm. like it doesn't totally fit. Like, I don't feel like I'm like that always. And I think that if any of the types that I was like actually pretty, like curious about looking more into before i got to the nine it would be the two Hmm. because i was like well like i like people Mm. i like being around and like caring for people and i feel like you know that's like i'm a very relational person i would say yeah um and i guess i didn't really know the distinction of like relational in the sense of a two versus the relational in the sense of a of a nine yeah and once we got to the nine and actually like more of the shadow side of hmm. the nine is what really got me like the sloth um <laughs>
2: <laughs> but there were yeah, other and nines elements. like being the least energetic of all the yes. numbers on the enneagram which like made or me like feel so seen because hmm. i was like oh that's why i literally
1: just want to sleep <laughs> like yeah and be cozy and do my thing but not always with people
2: sometimes you just like don't don't break my equilibrium <laughs> yeah please. we gotta we
1: gotta keep and it, like i i've read something recently too about like how nines often like to keep like an inner sanctuary obviously like in their bodies and their hearts and their minds but also like their space itself yeah and I've always been fixated on my space of Mm -hmm. like my bedroom like how it looks and how cozy it is and I don't know that's just always been part of my story and so um yeah I would say that like I said the nine and the two if I was going to mistype myself, I'd probably mistype myself as a two.
2: Yeah.
1: so, meanwhile, is taking <laughs> photos of <laughs> the scene.
0: Uh, Sorry, I was in the middle mm. of taking a selfie <laughs> with her clout glasses on. <laughs> Lies there in my car. <laughs> um,
2: So principally, I'd like the heart between the difference between an, a nine and a two, I would say, is that while they're both people-oriented and they can seem to be both, they're, they're kind of the numbers that both on from the outside are the helpers uh-huh. in a situation totally. often, hmm. and they, a two may keep the peace in a different way, hmm. but a nine is also keeping the peace. So for a two, they have a need to be needed and need to be seen and need to be helping, involved. A nine maybe necessarily doesn't need to be involved, but a nine will help if that means, like, getting re- resolving a conflict mm-hmm. or if that will mean something to someone and, and with keep a connection with someone mm-hmm. um, but I do see between the two of you guys like a major difference in terms of like energy <laughs> so a nine has low energy and the two is typically has high energy uh-huh. which I would say Kirstow definitely <laughs> brings the energy <laughs> to <laughs> most situations <laughs> I do have a lot of energy. Oh, my
0: gosh. I chose a pink microphone cover.
2: Which I think that twos have a pink aura, but that's
0: just my opinion. I am wearing a multicolored, uh, stripy, <laughs> pink, purple, mustard sweater. Is there oh pink
1: gosh. in there? <laughs> okay, like, there's red and purple together, <laughs> so, like, like
0: <laughs> in my brain, it, com- like, computes as paint. it
1: matches her overall vibe yeah it's <laughs> totally. what she's trying to say true colorful
2: um yeah so i guess maybe i my question for you kirsten as someone who is i mean we're oh, all also different my parts name of our is journey
0: kirsten but <laughs> macy is a dear dear friend and our other dear friend um Avery. Avery named me Kirstow. Are you
2: trying to tell all the people who listen that they can't call you Kirstow?
0: No, I mean, they can call me Kirstow. (laughs) But I think, like, with most nicknames, it's like, there's an N. (laughs) (laughs) And so if you're like, wait, her name is Kirsten, but Macy's calling her Kirstow, it's just a nickname.
2: It's just a nickname.
0: Um. Get to know me, and you'll know why Kirstow fits. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. Okay, sorry, you were asking this super sincere question and I deflected it.
2: Oh no, <laughs> that's fine. I guess I guess I wonder for you, Kirsten, um, like the core motivation of a two mm. is a need to be needed. Hmm. Um, and I wonder if like how that relates to you in your life and maybe how it shows up in your relationships. <laughs> <laughs> <laughs>
0: Um, so I'm in therapy (laughs) and I feel like this is up to that. (laughs) Yeah. 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 Go Betsy. Um, isn't that a great therapist name? Just side note. Um, hmm. I think like that's a really deep truth in my life and it's really hard for me to answer. You don't have to answer if you don't want to. Um, yeah, but. I think like my immediate response is who doesn't want to be needed like who doesn't want to belong Hmm. um Hmm. and i think what's interesting as i learn more and like dive deep into the enneagram i think one thing i'm starting to realize is that other people have other perspectives and motivations Hmm. um and like when i go into situations my motivation is to help people and like think okay like this is the group like this may be one person's need this is another's this is my need and like think about all of those and think about cohesiveness and Hmm. that is not how all people (laughs) enter situations what the heck not how most are like a lot of my conflicts are like frustrations with other personalities or people Hmm. can like come for come from when like I'm like you're not considering like this other person like how Mm. how dare you (laughs) (laughs) Mm. um and so I think for me like the Enneagram is teaching me that people approach things with other motivations and that's like fluid like neither a bad nor good thing yeah and that sometimes my motivation can blindside me too Mm. or like can can keep me from um Like, seeing, like, a whole perspective.
2: Yeah, your focus of attention is on one thing. Yeah. And so, and everybody else's focus of attention is on different
0: things. But, like, I will say in my line of work, like, I work with kiddos, like, with emotional and behavioral needs. And I, like, Hmm. need to, like, notice their triggers and know my own triggers and, like, do creative ways of, like, regulating and helping them calm down. Hmm. And, like, my skills as a two are so helpful in those spaces. (laughs) Yeah. And, like, it, I will say, like, I feel a lot of purpose mm. in being in those really, really, um, really, really intimate and hard spaces with those kiddos. And, yeah, I, I like, it does fulfill that desire to be needed, but I also, like, mess up all the time, like, the pocket situation. Like, <laughs> a kid, like, almost <laughs> became dysregulated over something I couldn't control. But, yeah, like, I don't think it's, like, a huge surprise that, i like to help people and be needed and i'm in like i work within um special education in a place of high need hmm. um that yeah, you're using your like natural yeah. skills yeah and like also think like in a positive way where i'm like supervised and like receive training and like i'm constantly thinking about like it's a very embodied job because you're thinking about how your body language and tone and everything is affecting. And so I think as a two, it's really good to be thinking, oh, everything I think is helpful isn't necessarily helpful. Hmm. So I think it both like uses my talents, but also challenges them at the same time. Yeah. Does that answer your question? It totally. answers But my yes, question. I really like to be needed. <laughs> I'm in therapy about it and we're all growing
2: <laughs> we're all growing I mean that's that's one thing the Enneagram really it does speak to and teach to is that we all are living in our own completely different worlds and uh-huh. we're all like waking up every day with a different like a different task in mind or a different way of seeing everything and it's going to interpret how we encounter every situation um so yeah Adri, I guess the core motivation and fear of the nine is this fear of being disconnected. Um,
0: <laughs> I'm reaching out for Adrienne's hand and holding her hand <laughs> right um,
2: I, I hope I'm not coming in with these too emotional of questions. I mean, that's another thing. The Enneagram just, like, cuts right to the freaking core.
0: Uh-huh. Yeah, uh, I don't like talking about Enneagram. Like, at my place of work, they did, like, Enneagram- like exploration and i almost feel like that was too intimate to do with co-workers because there needs to be high trust yeah
2: mm. i th- also think i mean this is just me speaking in my opinions of the enneagram but like it's such a spiritual practice as well and it's such like an embodied experience and like you can be studying the enneagram for 40 plus years and you're still like mm. fall short into yeah. your
0: motivations daily it's like it's it's such a wild tool yeah um gosh but we feel comfortable and we trust you Macy. <laughs> 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 we we love the enneagram on
2: nst it's too much of a problem <laughs> um okay so adri you got kind of email thinking about oh yeah when i mentioned yeah the, the fear of disconnection and what does that bring up for you
1: um i think like yeah going back to that relational piece like i my sense of connectedness like to people having like the natural world be connected mm. like spirituality being connected um and even like i would say that what i said earlier like synchronicity that's one of my biggest oh ways my! can you gosh. can you touch like you can explain that a tiny bit so synchronicity okay. is this it's a principle from um carl young Young, yeah and um it's one of his principles and basically it says that like there's this greater consciousness Hmm. and it's it's like of course these little coincidences aren't actually coincidences they're actually just the other the like this realm that we don't even really see Mm. or know of that's connected and that's bringing these little pieces Mm -hmm. together Hmm.
2: and so oh what a beautiful like thing for a nine
0: and like spiritual direction and like Jesuit spirituality and like those are ones I'm familiar with but in like other spiritualities there's this a deep idea of like listening to your life and like yeah. repetition and like mm-hmm. I feel like synchronicity is a way of doing that mm. totally and
1: that's been like a practice for me I feel like that has informed a lot of my own connectedness to god and to the world is like if i'm looking for confirmation or if mm. i'm looking even just for curiosity purposes of like oh This thing happened. Blue cow. I don't know what that means. Like, not to say that that's going to have a huge spiritual meaning, but, like, something happened just last week where I actually bought this lotion in the holy land mm-hmm. and it was a whole thing where i didn't want to buy it. Kirsten was like, "I know you want this. You should buy it." I was like, "No, I don't want to spend the money." Adri
0: loves like spa <laughs> like great <laughs> smelling natural <laughs> mineral. So like when we were at the dead sea, I was like, "Girl, just buy it." And I was like, just "No, I don't need to spend this money on the lotion."
1: <laughs> and then in the airport, I was like, "Okay, yeah." In gonna, the airport. <laughs> so I got it and then within a week of coming back, I left it in a card ago when mm. I was getting out I forgot to grab it and then I emailed them they didn't have it I was so sad I was like oh, like I really wanted this lotion thing to work mm. and it didn't work and I spent money <laughs> and then
0: in time like in time we were
1: there was a lot of energy <laughs> spent towards this getting this lotion. lotion and so um like
0: literally last there was connection yeah there was the exactly
1: I had this connection in this mis- Like, this broken connection made Mm. me feel like I was still thinking about it, you know? Mm. And, like, literally last week, this woman came up at the church that I work at, and she's like, hey, I was told that you might know something about passing these, like, new hand soaps on to women who are getting housing and stuff like that. Do you know what where this should go? And I was like, oh, okay. And so she's, like, showing me the soaps, and then she pulls out this lotion. Mm. It's literally...
4: The The same same Lotion Like
1: Same brand And same type of lotion
0: Size Like the whole thing Was the same And I was like
1: Okay this is really weird But like I just lost this lotion And it like I told the company The car to go company Like it normally Wouldn't be a big idea Or like big Big deal deal. But like because I had This meaningfulness And significance Connected to it That's why I'm looking for it And Hmm. So I tell this lady This whole story And she's like Oh my gosh Like you should be like,
0: keep bro, it. take the lotion. Yeah. She's yeah, like, oh, of course. She's like, this is like definitely this is the like, universe speaking. Yeah.
1: It just came back to you. Like, it's totally yours. And so I'm like, oh my gosh. So I got the lotion back.
0: Oh. And like, but things like that are very meaningful to me. Because <laughs> it's like, what are the chances? Hmm. Also, I got to say, like, as Adrian's friend, there are moments where she's like, synchronicity i had a turkey sub <laughs> my grandpa had a turkey sub there's something with turkey subs and i'm like you're always looking for those connections I'm like, yeah okay. i'm looking for it and like as adrian's friend it can be a joke yes um like but any it's also question. but then it's also but like it's super real <laughs> so it's like knowing the line between yeah like listening like being intentional and then uh-huh. also like being like able laughing. to tease yeah yeah, yeah.
1: Which I might say, Kirsten and our friend Aaliyah, like anytime any coincidence that isn't very significant happens, they're like, oh, synchronicity, synchronicity and it's not, <laughs> but it could be, maybe,
2: I don't know. Maybe. <laughs> That's um, so funny. Steps. Yeah.
1: So anyway, connectedness, very important hmm. to me. Um, and I think that as a body-centered number, mm-hmm. um, I know that one of the things we do tend to do in like stress and not in health is to become super dissociated from our body mm-hmm. oh and yeah. that's like such a reality for me hmm. um so we're talking like actually body like right now i am nursing i think it's allergies kirsten thinks it's a cold i think it's just allergies hmm. but like i also recently got acl acl reconstruction and i was complaining of like oh like my my knee has been feeling really stiff lately and hmm. kirsten's like are you are you stiff or does it hurt like are hmm. you in pain <laughs> like what is going on yeah and i think that that's like a little reflection of like the two and nine interplay of like oh like kirsten really helps me become more grounded hmm, in totally. my body and like in my emotions particularly yeah like i cannot tell you how many times i have cried in front of kirsten because Mm. all of the emotions that i've been like suppressing and like pushing down and wasn't even acknowledging have come to the surface and it's not that she's the one that's like you're feeling this and are you sure like it's like literally she just gives me space to and asks which is really helpful
2: Aww. and she's welling <laughs> I'm, up i'm crying right <laughs> now. um well i mean honestly that's so good in healing for a nine because a nine is generally overwhelmed by any big emotion and that's anger yes. happiness sadness anything that's too yes. much and too far from equilibrium is is a lot for a nine to mm. hold yeah totally. um so to have those spaces is so good
0: yeah can i piggyback on that a little bit um in a similar sense um I often can feel like when I'm in, maybe like crisis is too strong a word, but when I'm in a tough spot or hard things happen, like going immediately to helping or serving hmm. is like a place I find a lot of like, oh, I know how to do this. Yeah. Like, agency. Mm-hmm. And even my therapist <laughs> has mentioned, oh, like you mentioned that, oh, you're having a hard week. Oh, the first thing you do is like go, hmm. like Something. <laughs> go do this, like plan this, like volunteer here and that's um that can be good but it can also like be insincere sometimes and like Um. just keep me busy and like oh this is where I find purpose Hmm. um and I sent a text message um to like the no small thing Instagram on the friendship um (laughs) podcast (laughs) and um like as a two it can be really hard for me to ask for help Hmm. um and like I'm someone that prides myself in, s- in sometimes anticipating people's needs. Not mm. always, but mm. sometimes. And, like, have this, like, deep desire for other people to take care of me.
2: Yeah. it's But you don't say it out loud. Yeah. And it's, like, you hold that. Yeah. Yeah. And so,
0: like, for me, it's really important when I'm feeling that way is to let, like, my close, close friends know that. So mm. there's mm-hmm. no, like, resentment. Or they could tell me, that's too much to ask. Or, oh, of course I can do that. And um macy is just a dear friend and every time i'm with her i m- say you take such good care of me like <laughs> she does no. i like yeah. i usually like to be the friend that feeds people but macy always feeds me i try <laughs> <laughs> um also just there was um senior year was just like hard for our friend group mm. we um one of our really good friends died um and macy like did my laundry <laughs> macy like let me sleep on her couch Macy got me um, toasted bread with butter and jam. (laughs) Like, Macy made sure I was, like, eating and sleeping and had clean clothes to wear, just, like, the things you don't think of. And, like, as someone that, like, likes to help and be in that space for others, like, both Macy and Adrian and, like, other friends that I'm not naming, like, really entered that space and took, like, such deep, deep care for me Mm. and, like, have made it so I can, like, talk about this Mm. now. And Mm. um, so even though I like to help people... Those moments of um, being carried and fed and cared for are so grounding. Hmm. For hmm. Like we both talked about grounding moments, like that's what I find really grounding too. Hmm. Mm. Thankful for you, me. <laughs> yeah, <if> you remind. <laughs> Love you. I think you remind
2: us that like it's we uh, we all have needs and we all need each other and in this crazy freaking world Mm -hmm. we we all offer different gifts and things to each other and remind each other of different things yeah Mm. um okay so to close this little segment i guess one thing we like to do is ask people if you could give like any token of advice or words of encouragement for people out there with your number so like dear twos here's like a few (laughs) like a a little thought um and nines if you want to offer that to, th- to those listening
1: oh. um I would say for nines and this is actually goes back to that sense of need and care um I just had a, like a more recent issue with my work and I had to enter into a conflict that was super uncomfortable oh no Adrian
0: was a boss she was super healthy <laughs> She was great. Just shout out to Adri. <laughs> <laughs>
1: and honestly, like, the only reason that I was able to get through is because my community came around me, but also, like, the depth and the love and, like, the question in that relationship with Kirsten and some of my other close friends in telling me, like, no, you have needs. Mm. And, like, you need to express your needs, like, for our healthy relationship yeah, or for, you know, X, Y, or Z situation. Like, those little moments that led up to this moment was, Mm. like, I was able to go in and express what I needed multiple times and feel like I didn't get trampled on as a nine, where I Mm. didn't, like, give in or not say what I needed to say or, like, totally just bend to whatever was happening and whatever thing that I felt was unreasonable was being asked of me and so I just think that for other nines like knowing that you do have needs Mm. and that your needs are important and that you (laughs) need to be the one to like know that you have needs and Mm. express them to yourself because I think a lot of times like maybe it's a subconscious thing but like being able to talk about it with friends especially is like super helpful because it does get you to that place of like oh like i not only have needs but I'm also like feeling these things around mm. my needs and it's like impacting how I show up in the world yeah Um, and just for my own health and like the health of those around me and the places that I walk into like I need to be firm in my voice and my. yeah needs, oh so. that's
2: good advice for nines um, for twos I guess I'll kind
0: of repeat what I said earlier but um i think my dark nights of the soul like those those just hard moments often come when i've worked myself too thin been in too many like needed to be in too many places at once um and i'm not taking care of myself Mm. and then i resent like close people in my life for not taking care of me and I haven't communicated. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> or asked for help. Yeah. And so I think asking for help before or when I start to feel resentful. Mm-hmm. Um just noting asking, okay, who are people that I who are safe people that I can ask for help? Yeah, like who can I ask to take care of me? Mm. Um, so yeah, I think, um, feel like knowing when you're feeling resentful, and then knowing who you can go to and say. <sighs> I <laughs> <laughs> Can I have soup? Can I have tea? Can I have a hug?
2: Yeah. Hugs are big. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Um, Two's love to hug, I think, in general. <laughs> so, I think that's going to close our Enneagram thoughts. And honestly, I think we're just going to wrap up this by having a benediction. Did you have something you wanted to read, Kirsten, to close the
0: night? Yeah. I would hate to do it without Adrian, though. Oh, okay. Um...
2: You guys could read it in unison or pass or it back like <laughs> and forth. Um, <laughs> do whatever you would like to do with this blessing.
0: Do you want to read the first three and I'll read the last three? Great. Okay. This is also by Jan Richardson. Ugh, we love Jan Richardson. We stand Jan Richardson. Um, yep. Shout out to Deb Nondorf. Oh, major shout out. Who um, introduced the three of us <laughs> yeah, seriously. to um jan richardson and i also think cemented a huge part of our friendship and like and Con- spirituality spirituality yeah, together yeah. we all like we're practices
2: like, contemplative practices we all learned them all together and we read Chan richardson prayers and we're all like oh <laughs> yeah so love you go. love you deb check out the painted prayer book people i'll oh. put a link to that in our show notes yeah okay
1: so this blessing is an epiphany blessing it's called for those who have far to travel if you could see the journey whole you might never undertake it might never dare the first step that propels you from the place you have known toward the place you know not call it one of the mercies of the road that we see it only by stages as it opens before us As it comes into our keeping, step by single step. There is nothing for it but to go. And by our going, take
0: the vows the pilgrim takes. To be faithful to the next step. To rely on more than the map. To heed the signposts of intuition and dream to follow the star that only you will recognize, to keep an open eye for all the wonders that attend the path, to press on beyond distractions, beyond fatigue, beyond what you would tempt, beyond what would tempt you from the way. There are vows that only you will know. The secret promises, the secret promises for your particular path And the new ones you will need to make when the road is revealed by turns you could not have foreseen. Keep them. Break them. Make them again. Each promise becomes part of the path. Each choice creates the road that will take you to the place where at last you will kneel to offer the gift most needed the gift that only you can give before turning to go home by another way.
4: I see God I see God in our make believe. I see God in our grand attempts to make something beautiful before life ends. I see God. I see God in our damaged goods. But you see God in ways I wish I could. You see God in ways I wish I could. Without that